Hey everyone, welcome back to Casual Watch Talk. A little apology before we started, we haven't uploaded for two weeks. We've had a bit of a hectic travel. I was travelling and then Chris was travelling and out of pocket and we apologise. We'll, uh, we're trying to move some things around so that we can be consistent and I think that means a few more interviews and, and maybe some special guests when, when me or one of us mm-hmm. can't be on. But uh, apologies yeah. with it and thanks for everyone that that stuck with us thank that yeah thanks everyone and uh it it's certainly uh vacation for us too so <laughs> but we we definitely know that uh at least i do i'll you know if i'm on a road trip or if i'm loading up to uh, go someplace i'll uh you know load a bunch of the podcasts up so if you'd caught up hopefully hopefully you're a couple back and you're now caught up yeah absolutely and you know chris i think we've mentioned this before on the podcast the good thing with a podcast which differs from youtube is that the spotify that run the podcasting platform that we use it gives you a demographic of people that listen and outside of the us and the uk we have a large audience in sweden ah. thank you to all of our uh, swedish listeners uh, we'd love to hear from you actually maybe over on the facebook group or maybe in the discord that would be really cool well chris shall we do a wristwatch check and you also had a watch of sessions as well but should well, we? well kind of yeah kind of combo i mean we should we should start with yours which uh which i think is a i think is uh i think is gonna steal the show here yes you're right the one watch challenge is over yeah. i did get my uh date just we've been talking about it a lot on the live stream and i've also shared some photos on the facebook group as well and i managed to get exactly the combination that i went in and asked for which Perfect. is um it's called mint green so it's a okay. mint green dial date just 41 the mint green is a brand new color that was announced at watches and wonders well, it's, it's new for the, the date, just 41. Right, right. It's amazing. I got it on the Jubilee bracelet. A big shout out to the Orlando Rolex AD in the Mola Millennia, Junie and the team there. They were so great the whole time. They, they added me to the list. Mm-hmm. They kept me update, updated on email. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally came in, and if you remember, Chris, I ordered it the day after Watches and Wonders. So it's yeah. been about four months, which seemed okay. like a long time, but it's it's not really in, considering it's a new model. Yeah, consider yeah, considering considering. I mean, it's not uh, maybe not the most you know maybe the, the the hottest most most popular model, but at the same time, it's it's still we're still living in you know Rolex world. Well, where, what was interesting you know, is that when I when I visited the UK, we went into three Rolex ADs, mm-hmm. and none of them had even seen a green dial. And apparently, uh, I'm the first in from that AD to get a green dial date just forty oh, one. Nice. nice. I, I like the idea of that. I, yeah. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of airing on the side of that. That might not. Who knows? But I, I like the story and yeah no keep it yeah keep the story it's so it's so it's the so it's is it the does it have the texture or is it just the green it's not the motif dial which right. is another one i would which is another for, one actually. you were like on your list yeah okay yeah so it's just the green yeah this was the yep. top of my list and the combination i wanted mm-hmm. with the smooth bezel and the jubilee bracelet that jubilee bracelet is an absolute triumph it is oh, nice. an incredible bracelet nice nice and so process was, you know, 
smooth, uh, you know, alert from your bank when you liquidated your savings account, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the thing. I, because we've been doing this one watch challenge, if people have been listening along with the podcast, I'd actually had a separate set up a separate savings pool where I was putting all of my money in. Oh, perfect. So money generated from ad revenue on the YouTube channel and from watches that I'd sold because I wanted it to, I wanted to feel, feel, not feel the pain's the wrong word, but you know, I wanted to feel like. Yeah, it was a real, it was a real, like it wasn't coming from like you had a real purpose for this money. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't, yeah. it didn't come from my normal wage, which obviously I earn at work and then right. you know, some goes to bills. Right, right, right. My responsible oh. money that yeah. I need for yeah. life. Yeah, I was, I, I, and I was, and just to reiterate, I was watching something the other day where somebody was talking about watch financing and I was like, ah, uh, I was like screaming. So I will just say our normal thing, which is do not finance a watch. If you cannot afford it, do not buy it. And that's a perfect way to do it, Sam, is to like set up a separate account so that you can kind of keep an eye so you know that money so it's like you you pay for the pay for your you know put your money in your 401k put your money in your ira pay the bills pay the rent buy food buy shelter and then you know then the fun money goes in that that account i'm amazed by it i'm amazed at how much i like it the green dial goes from like a dark green to a silver depending on the light oh it's good yeah and a little plug for if you're interested in seeing the date just a little plug for the facebook group i put photos on there of it with its jubilee and i've also recently put it on a green rubber b strap Mm. So I've gone, I just lent all in on the green and I nice. think it looks, nice. I think it looks awesome. I do want to congratulate you, Sam. Uh, Sam sent me uh, a text message a couple of days ago uh, with his first scratch. I was very proud. Yeah. I was a very proud watch, watch guy. And uh, yeah, so I, uh, yeah, I think, I think he's got, I think he's going to, I think he's going to, st- he's going to stay on his wrist, which is good. We want to see. We want to see at least the next five uh, wristwatch checks be, be this piece for sure. Thought I thought you'd like that because if anybody's not familiar, the last Rolex that I bought that I don't wear, I, I'm very. I was very scared of scratching it. My OP, the one yeah. that I bought for kind of an investment, and then when I got my Speedmaster service, I couldn't wear it because it was so right, it was so right. pristine. But this one, yeah, scratched it within a. The thing is, the Rolex clasp is it's so highly polished. Right, you only yeah. have to look at it, and it's scratched. right. Yeah, exactly. So, right, right. Short of the, uh, short of the durometer of the sticker that was on it, like a lot, you're just like you micro yeah. scratches for sure. The hard plastic countertop, and you're like, what is going? What is wrong? What has happened? <laughs> so I've not, I've not. I just put it on. It fit perfectly, and I've not, oh, I've not had, I've not thought. I've not had any buyer's remorse. I've not even thought about yeah. it. It's just my watch now. It's and it's it, cool. You know, like, yeah, that's cool. And 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 like you know, one of the things that we're all kind of looking for, and like when you find that, and then when you when you have like you have that experience, and you get that, and you get to that point, it's it's so satisfying because you're like this represents kind of who I am, and it says what I want to say, and it fits the it fits my style. Um, and, and yeah, if you can get that to line up, so, so, so good. Maybe we'll do a podcast on this, that how my watch collecting journey found its way to Rolex. I didn't start off wanting one. I didn't, I didn't ever, I didn't want, I didn't think, well, I didn't think I could afford one when I started. And also I didn't really want one. It didn't, it didn't interest me, but as I Mm -hmm. got more into it and learning more about watches and so, 
So maybe we'll do a separate topic on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we get to yeah, definitely expand on that. What are you wearing? In- uh, I have got uh, my Zin 104, but on an H-Link bracelet, and uh, my watch obsession wristwatch check here for this for this episode is I had a bunch of I had a bunch of bracelets, and I didn't realize that the I have an H-Link from my Bell & Ross, basically that's a Zen 103. And so it's an original, like, it's got a, like, stamped clasp. It's like an original H-Link bracelet from Zen, like, circa 1999 or 96, something like that. And I never thought to try it on the 104. I don't know why I just assumed that the end link wouldn't fit like because sometimes the shape you know with the seiko's like any of the seiko watches like you put you can't like the that end link shape whatever that is the the depth of it is not right and it has a huge gap like i think i i think like if you take the skx end links you could you know you can put them on a turtle but like you'll you'll end up with like a two millimeter gap and it'll look kind of funky yeah it's it's rare isn't it that you can yeah and so so i just assumed that it wouldn't work and another piece of that is because it's the original 90s bracelet um it doesn't have a solid end link it has a hollow (laughs) stamped end link and i think because of that and and i was uh i was up and i was uh changing some cleaning up some watch strap stuff and like organizing my mess of you know where we have the the boxes and boxes of of watch traps and i was kind of organizing them and i was like I wonder if this H-Link bracelet would fit on this 104 and popped it on fit immediately. I was so excited. It's over on my Instagram at everyday mastery. Uh, check it out. It, uh, it looks great. Fits great. It's got the, uh, and it has the bell and Ross logo on the uh, class. So it's a little mixed, uh, you know, a uh, little, little mixture of styles, but uh, that's okay. No, that's cool. And yeah, for anyone who's not familiar, H-Link is where the actual, links uh a h with like a fat middle bit aren't yeah. they as opposed yeah, yeah, to like exactly. an oyster bracelet where right. the links are more like a u like a, a fat u shape aren't they yeah that's a good way to describe it hamilton use h link bracelets don't they and then mm-hmm. yeah i've seen it. some iwc designs too would have the h link which is kind of interesting but well a little chris i haven't asked you this but we've been talking a bit on the live stream and guys we've been having some great fun on the live streams over on the youtube channel we had pete from not so obvious watches on and he's always just a great guest to have on and we talked about the the new breitling which i think we did that to death perhaps on the live stream but i haven't asked you about the tudor ranger i haven't even texted you about it because i wanted to hear your impression roar on it what what did, <laughs> what did you think of it i you know so first i have to say i i love pete because he he is the like watch collector's peak self-reflection he gives so he gives such insight in stuff that we just kind of casually throw out i mean the other day he was talking about like the term luxury watch i don't, I don't think i use that term but like just to kind of to say that and be like, what are, what are you saying when you say that? Like, what are you saying when you're saying tool watch? You know, these these sort of descriptors that we throw around that we that we assume we maybe know what we're talking about, but at the same time, alienates people, 
and is like, you know, oh, well, luxury watches don't start at X thousand dollars or, you know, you know, all that, you know, stuff, all that. So such a great, good insight from, from Pete. And I'll say I saw a picture of the Tudor Ranger and I, I was not that excited. It was not, I was like, okay. You know, I, I felt, um, uh, kind of the same excitement that I would have for like, a uh, a, a different dialed Hamilton khaki kind of like, okay. Yeah. You know, nothing, you know, like, okay. Yeah. Whatever. And then I watched, uh, and then Pete's video was the first one I watched on it. So maybe I'm biased there, but he, yeah, I, I have to, I have to agree with Pete. I was, it was not, it was like a not exciting three hander. And it was interesting again with his, uh, you know, looking in the mirror, sort of looking at the watch community, it was interesting to see the channels and the ads and the, you know, the hype that was like, oh, it's going to be, ama-, you know, like, we're, oh, they're going to release a new watch and it's going to be amazing. Yeah, and like, yeah. yeah, yeah, they were just like that everybody was excited for. And then when they came out, the the reviews that were super positive and like, oh, every, you know, Tudor's amazing and everything's amazing. And I, and once again, and I think we've, we've mentioned, that, or at least I have mentioned this before, where, where I, I need reviews on stuff where you, you tell me what you personally don't like, what you personally do like, what you think they're not doing right, what they're thinking they're doing great, these sorts of things. And not every watch, not every review for every watch is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And I start to pick up on that when I when I watch other YouTubers and other and other reviewers and 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 you know read on on blogs and stuff where it, it's like, is this an ad? Because every single watch you review is amazing, and <laughs> it that can't be. <laughs> Yeah, it's something I've I've been very conscious of. You know, we're we're big fans of Christopher Ward, and the last well, the last one I reviewed was my own one. So check check that out on the channel. I I really mm-hmm. I, I actually reviewed my very much loved blue dial Trident watch, but the one before that, I actually asked them to send me a watch that I knew I wouldn't like, or at least I thought I wouldn't like. Right, and that was the bronze one, and I actually didn't like it. So I I mm-hmm. talked about the reasons why I personally didn't like it, but why 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 other people might really like yeah. it and it's funny to see the the it was funny to see the comments that yeah some people were like yeah i agree with what you're saying but but mm-hmm. this is actually something i do quite like about it right right yeah exactly versus this like everything is amazing and it's just a glowing review forever and it's just a review for anything has to give me more than just the specs and the and the you know the specs and a and a snippet about the brand it's got to be you know i want to know you know that that you may not like this or you, this is how you feel about a certain thing and and like your views on the brands i mean you know we're, we're we we want to know your view and not just spewing out some uh, spec sheet from the uh, marketing department there's a, a couple of stories on watch pro that really captured my interest today one one is about wait lists and exhibition models so we'll go into to that one i think that i think we can go over pretty quickly is everyone's talking about even people at work are asking me about this but everyone's talking about the watch luxury watch 
market is mm. is the bubble has burst or yep. uh, same with crypto and i'm still i haven't yeah. sold any yeah. crypto yeah. because this is what happens with crypto it's very cyclical and the the the, the sways are vast i mean yeah yeah bitcoin went from three thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars in 12 months well 12 to 18 month span yeah yeah but one of the interesting things watch pro didn't go down the the avenue of is this a is this a bubble or whatever but they introduced the idea of now that watch prices might be leveling down Mm -hmm. does that mean that the true collectors are going to come back and start buying again because yeah. it seems to have been such a speculative frenzy. But oh, yeah. What's your view on that? Uh, same uh, same sort of thing with the car market. So I was just watching a, 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 a show on the cooling off of some of the, you know, hotter, uh, bring a trailer, you know, uh, cars and bids, these, these, these hot uh, specialty, I'll say specialty car auction sites. And... Uh, the owners of those sites have said now publicly, uh, hey, you know, like what you think you can get for X, you, you, there's no way we're listing it at that. You know, like that's cute that you would like to, you know, that you'd like us to list it for what it what it sold for in August of 2021. But that's not going to happen in 2022. No, people, right. They're consigning that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're consigning. Yeah, so the so the sell so the sellers so the so the people running the auction are telling the sellers like we can't list it for like it will never sell for that price, and so you need you know you need to get down into reality and and I think that's that's been the case for a few months now, and and so it's 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 good to see <laughs> just to just to cool that just to cool that market off. I uh yeah I, I'm looking yeah I'm looking forward to when that cools off. I still I, I still feel like like it's it's cooled off but at the same time it's it's such it's such a high yes. it's still at an elevated price and and like I don't know what percentage of that like let's see what happens towards the end of the year whether that was like just inflation or was that also just the market still it's not like there was a container full of 50,000 Rolexes caught in the Panama yeah, Canal yeah. or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, no, it's right. It's it's like it's like the housing market. It's like the car market. It, it comes down to, and again, what I said earlier, which is very, very uh, important, do not finance a watch. It comes down to banks are not giving away free money. So if you can't get free money, then you, you can't get a car for seven thousand dollars over msrp you can't get a house for ninety thousand dollars over asking you can't you know what i mean same same thing is is true so these uh you know this this like uh the, the free money is over and so maybe we can get uh some of the uh and i'd like to and i th- and i would like to think i mean i i have a better handle on it this this year than i think i ever had of the sort of the Rolex asset market, you know, the the people that just are just adding these pieces to the to them, you know, to a safe as a as an asset. And like what is that, you know, what does that market look like? And as soon as those prices fall out, then the people are going to be like, "Oh, I just need to either hold on to this forever or stop buying these." I was on a live stream on the T and Tickers podcast and 
Roman Scharf joined and he he was giving some ideas about the grey market and the Daytona prices and he was saying that some of the steel Daytonas only got up to the price that they did because it was new dealers were selling to other dealers so that mm-hmm. they they could say that they had these hot watches and mm-hmm. so it was all like a speculative back and forth but mm-hmm. if anybody's listening and they bought a watch at the ha- perhaps the higher end of the market Mm-hmm. If you bought a Daytona at twenty five or thirty thousand dollars, and you're now looking at it go down. Just hold on to it because in ten yeah. years, that's going to look like an absolute bag. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, but yeah, you got to. You got. I think you'd have to long term it. Uh, and then small, uh, small moves. I was looking. You know, I'm going to admit something here on the channel. I don't know if I want to hang on to the C65 chronograph. And I was looking at what its value was. Let's talk quickly, because we've mentioned this before, but let's talk quickly about, I think Christopher Ward's value is, for a dollar, is amazing. But those watches right now on eBay are easily, easily 30 plus percent off. So if you want to use, if you want to get a great deal on a Christopher Ward, I'm seeing I'm seeing $1000 for chronographs. Yeah, and they just did their sale as well, didn't they? They just did their Right. their amazing sale that they do once a year. And I I want to the next time we get uh and get them on the show, I want to I want to give them some I want to give them some feedback. I think that they're established enough where they can turn down the volume of those those uh, fire sales. Right. Cuz I cuz I think it's hurting their perceived value in the watch market. Oh, that's interesting. I got it on sale. I paid sixteen hundred. The, the retail price was eighteen hundred. I paid sixteen hundred, so two hundred dollar, you know, coupon deal, whatever it was. And and that watch on eBay right now is going for a thousand dollars, which is thirty percent. So yeah, and that's a lot of watch for that money. It is. So so c- kind of going back to your, you know, is it is it time for collectors? Well, here's something. I mean, if you're listening and you're and you've ever interested in checking one out, I'm you can get some deals here, which is great. But for someone who owns one, it has it has feelings, right? When you know, like you look down at your wrist, like right now, you look down at your wrist, you know what that's worth. You know what that thing's going for on Chrono Twenty Four, even though you wouldn't sell it. You just this is the you know perceived value, and that's that's that can be a percentage of importance to people. And I have a little bit of that. I don't have a lot, you know. I got. I'm in the the two thousand, three thousand dollar range here, you know, <laughs> amateur, uh, which is fine, which is fine for me. But even then, you know, that perceived value is uh, slipping. So that is actually one of the big selling points for for me about. We'll do another podcast on Rolex, but one of the one of the it was a big decision factor for me. And but I only would have bought one at retail, and right. I was lucky enough to to build a relationship with with those rolex dealers i mean we're still chris and i are still friends with the he's he's now justin who's now at the tudor ad but he was he was at rolex dd and because i'll talk about how i went about buying it in another podcast or if people are interested uh, let me know well let's move on now i made my own upload on it and i'm still a little bit i I just i'm I'm, spicy i'm disappointed in them yeah But, but Oh. This is the whole moon swatch thing. So you you've been following the recent news right. about what the CEO of the Swatch Group said. Yeah, yeah, I saw the I saw the comments. Uh, Federico did an update, and a couple of people did an update on it. And I saw the I saw the comments that he said before 
uh, before that happened. So my my sort of my final take on this. And, and, you want to just and, summarize what it was about if people yeah. don't know. So this is this is about the availability of the moon swatch, isn't it? Right. So he Federico has a great a great great video on the details of it. But the CEO basically said, "Hey, this is a uh, a special Swiss made watch, and it's uh it's important to the brand, and so we want to get more people into our brick and mortar sh- stores. So we're not going to sell it online. And this is after they had said." Don't worry, they're not limited edition. Don't worry, we're definitely going to sell them online. Did we say you could buy two? We only meant one. <laughs> and all of this, and all of this went through. And I have, I have t- my two responses to that are number one: if you want us to visit your brick and mortar store, there's uh, there's one twelve minutes for me that doesn't have moon swatches. Yeah. So what are you doing? I've been to I've been to two that didn't have them. Yep. They and weren't they weren't even on the list to yep. get them. Yep. Didn't. You? I talked to the one in Vegas, the one that wasn't the 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 main store, the secondary store that's off the strip, that's on, that's in a mall off the strip, and they didn't even know the release was happening. I have no idea what Swatch think they're playing. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what they think they're playing at. Honestly, yeah. I don't know. Of all of the, it's funny because people will look at some of the larger brands and say, "Oh, they're out of touch," or "Oh, they're out, they're only for elites or people who can afford them," and "Oh, they won't even give you the time of the day." Who, mm-hmm. if, you, if you go in the store or whatever, of all of the ridiculous things that Swatch could have done, is made a plastic watch elitist, exclusive, <laughs> unobtainable, right. a flipper's absolute oh, dream of yeah. a watch. Yeah. And then to have the sheer arrogance of yeah. to say, when you've built up an e-commerce platform, a very good Swatch e-commerce platform where people are regularly used to buying Swatch, it's so advanced, the Swatch e-commerce platform is, you can design your own watch on there. Right. You can, they'll give you different patterns and you can move the watch around. You can create your own unique watch. They print these watches to the specification. That, that you picked on the website. Yeah. <laughs> Of all of the ridiculous things to say that it isn't available online, I mean, it, it beggars belief that he would that they would say that. To be honest, yeah, I, I was I was yeah dumbfounded. I was dumbfounded. And then my or my second point is they have successfully turned this into a a flub. Of, of unbelievable proportions yeah. within the watch community, the people that are driving the excitement for these things that we run out to collect. And this is going to lead very well onto our next story. But one of the things that I thought was quite ironic, I made a comment in my my moon swatch video where i where i talked about how the swatch marketing team rolled out the clown car for this one and they'd rolled out the clown car when they released the damien hearst one and as if uh not that these are clown cars but it just amused me but they've now outfitted swatch have outfitted a series of fiat 500s painted them in the same colors of the moon swatch strapped a suitcase to the back of each of these Fiat 500s and are basically going to drive around Europe doing pop-up 
Moonswatch oh, events yeah. out of the I'm back out. of Fiat 500s. Yeah. Of all of yeah. the ridiculous, the, that is li- narcissistic like, things so, that we could do. Yeah, yeah. So, so attention, uh, attention all watch lovers and collectors. This is the Swatch, Moon Swatch, Clown Car Show. Is what this is. It's ridiculous, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not picking on the Fiat 500. I love the Fiat 500. No, I, am a, cool. I love minis as well. But it, it, just the fact that they're using a, yeah. small a small car that could probably fit. <sighs> you know, the suitcase probably fits they... twelve of these watches, and they're saying yes, you right. can actually buy a a moon swatch of these pop up events. Of all the ridiculous things to concentrate your marketing effort on, when you could yeah. list these online. Yeah. And print money with them. Print and absolutely print money. And I, where is this? Where is this old school? Like where is this nineteen forties view of the internet taking your market share that you're never going to get back? Where is this view coming from? It's that ship sailed twenty years ago. The funny thing is, as well, and, and I made reference to this in in my up. I, I know I sound like I'm plugging my YouTube video here, but I, I probably am. I said, if it's that important to you, just make just make one of the moon swatches a store exclusive, or make right. a different. It, hey, hey, if you buy if you buy a moon swatch at a store, you'll get a different Velcro band. You'll get right? it'll be yeah. a, it'll be like a gold, yeah. You did say that right, and I thought that was yeah, that's great. Or do the you know, we didn't, did we need nine of them at the start? Yeah. You know, could, could we, could, you know, like again, like, you know, not, uh, not crazy marketing ideas here. Uh, do what, do what Timex did. Okay. So we're going to release the Pepsi and then, and then in a little while we're going to release the black and blue Batman. And then in a little while we're going to release the orange one. You know, I just, I, you know, it, let's, it doesn't, it didn't have to be. We're going to hit you with everything. I really think that they believe that the hype is driven only by non-watch folks. This is the other thing with the moon swatcher. And again, I made reference to this in my, my video. I, I only keep referencing my video because I put a lot of thought into my feelings on it. I felt that if they hadn't messed this up, they, for the first time in, I called it, in a generation but i meant since the 80s and 90s yeah. this yeah. was their chance to reclaim that oh. swatch is the watch of is a fashion a fashion yep. watch as in it's setting a trend and they yep. haven't had that for I know. years the last one i remember was like the pop swatch when yep. i was a kid everyone had to have a pop swatch you you fastened it to your t- it popped out of its little carrier yep. you could fasten yep. it to your shirt yep. it yep. was it was the thing to have. And they haven't had that for years. They've been shooting in the dark. Yeah, they've done a few like collabs. There's a lot of people that like collecting them because they they, they know mm-hmm. them from. But no young person that I've ever seen that's into watches, they all have Apple watches. They don't right. buy a swatch. And this, right. or they have a G-Shock and G-Shock captured that. G-Shock mm-hmm. captured this. Hey, we're on the wrists of rappers. Oh, hey, yep. these yep. fashion people. Yeah. This was their f- their chance to reclaim some of that glory, and they just keep facepalming yeah. this. Yeah, I. So I mean, like as the brand goes, I I know I'm going to be at a watch meet, and someone's going to have one or two of them, or a couple people are going to have them, and I'm just going to feel blah. 
I'm just going to feel blah. And I'm, and I, all I'm going to think about is I'm going to think about the thousand people across the globe that their new job is to chase these fiats down and to wait outside of swatch stores and get into fistfights with people so that they can buy a $260 watch and then mark it up three times. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm going to think about. And that's, and it's over for me. And I just, it's, it's sad. And I, and I, and, and the like view of the brand, I'm sad. Dis- I mean, to, to go back to your disappointment, <laughs> I'm disappointed. Well, yeah. And I made, I made, again, made reference to this in the video that those people that are queuing up to buy them, to sell them, you can't really blame them because you're basically handing them a lottery, a, a lottery scratch card where you, regardless of oh, yeah. which card you give them, you're going to get twice your money back. Yeah. Here's a lottery ticket. Hey, give me $10 for this uh, lotto ticket and I'll give you a new, I, mean, like, I guarantee you'll win 20. Right. Or, like, let's say they restock, I mean, you know, they restock what, a uh, couple, you know, once once every couple of weeks, let's say, or, or you know, or, or, I, don't, I don't know what the rate is, but, I, you know, I, I'm sure there are people in places that can live off $400, $600 of, <laughs> of cash every couple of weeks for for doing three hours of work or four, you know, four or five hours of work, and the work is standing out in front of a store in on the on a weekday exactly so you can't really you can't really blame them when the whole system is designed to it's designed to incentivize that oh yeah i know there's been reports that the this moon swatch has increased omega's actual swatch uh, actual uh, omega's actual speedmaster sales which yeah good for them but Mm. at, at what reputational cost right short term it's the swiss wish the swiss watch industry when you're playing games of chess that last a generation uh, you yeah know. right to, right to just to just snub like the two things that they did they did they're not going to acknowledge is they're not going to acknowledge the enthusiast community to just snub it snub it and it's like hey uh if you've been to a watch meet and seen a system 51 wake up swatch wake up because because that's what got a lot of people into mechanical watches of our age and 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 then yeah and then number two to not acknowledge that you have a flipper slash uh uh scalping problem yeah that that your that your what like your watches are not being sold to your customers your product is not going to your customer your product is going to an intermediary it's getting marked up and then going to the customer and you and you got and you you guys have been talking about you, the Swiss watch industry has been talking about controlling the market for you know a thousand years, and here we are just putting it in the hands of whoever wants to stand in line on a weekday. This they need to take a leaf out of other industries like Lego, for example. You know, Lego was wildly unpopular at the same time that Swatch was unpopular. I mean, they yeah. nearly went bankrupt, yeah. Lego, and then they reinvented themselves. Yeah. And they do, they do have exclusive sets, but they're not, you can get them, you can buy them online, they go yeah. out of stock and they come yeah. back in stock. I mean, it's yeah. not like Lego saying, oh, we need to keep these exclusive sets so that, that our higher end sets sell yeah. for more. It, and they, uh, Right, they know, they know adults are coming in and spending $180 on the Apollo Moonlander, hi, okay, and they know that. and. Yeah, I, I was in Target yesterday on the shelf. Mm. 
$180 Moonlander set in Target in in a in a store a minute from my house. Yeah. And so yeah, they they definitely need to pull a page from that for sure. Yeah, exactly. It's it's really it, anyway. Well, <laughs> uh, leading on to this goes nicely into a a final story and and Watch Pro again, uh, this is I don't remember seeing this this journalist before on Watch Pro, but it, Robin Swithenbank wrote a really good article about the title is around exhibition only watches. So mm-hmm. this is where, and this 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 is this happens in the Rolex AD where I bought my watch from. They have mm-hmm. exhibition watches, Rolex watches where you go in and you can at least see the watch, which is different than 12 months ago where there was nothing in yeah, there. Yeah, there was nothing in there. I was I was actually surprised that they were going to do this because this was something that I think they at one point said that they were never going to do. What's interesting is they, the um, US ones, I believe, are mechanically altered. But in the okay. UK, the exhibition models are future ones that will be sold. Yeah, it really interesting. This is, uh, this is, this is a... See, I, to to our last story and our last points here is a major brand acknowledging that they that their sales model their sales method excuse me has to change and just like shopping for cars online the only reason why you want to go to the dealership is to is to get in it is to just See what it looks like on the on the dealership floor to make sure the seats fold flat to like look in and make sure that the radio's not dumb and that that all the and that you can f- get the seat into a comfortable position these sorts of things maybe do a test drive and nobody wa- nobody wants to talk to a salesperson or like sit there and haggle anymore they don't want to like haggle a price they just they just want to they want to negotiate stuff online they want to do their research online and then they want to go to try it on and then they want to buy it. What's really interesting about this article as well is it, it starts off talking about exhibition models, but then it goes into talking about the wait list and how, and, and it's not just it's not just leaning in on Rolex. It, it, it mentions about the Vacheron Constantine Overseas, the Tudor Chronographs, IWC Ceramic, Ceramic Pilot Watches, the Zenith mm. Chronomaster Sport. And it's saying that watch companies it's it's a a warning for watch companies that when they hype watches up i'll give rolex a little break here because they the hype they don't personally hype right the watches yeah they up have themselves. enough right yeah exactly yeah, yeah. The, the, the the community ha- and oh, there, yeah. there's there's another interesting point on this which is talks about how when you go in there and you you're looking at a watch and then a watch that's been hyped up like the moon swatch and mm-hmm. then you're not able to get it. It talks about how that is actually a break in trust between the the watch company and yeah, these brands might be getting away with it now, mm-hmm. but what's the long term? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the long term reputational damage of having a watch very hyped, seeing it in adverts? seeing mm-hmm. it all over the place and then mm-hmm. you go into a watch store and you're like oh i've seen this watch i've I've saved up for it and they're like oh but yeah you sorry you can't you, you yeah. can't have it yeah and, you know and, and that that's swatch have bought that to the moon swatch oh, now. yeah yeah the right the 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 like the fomo hype brand 
and 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 it's just yeah you just right you're just like okay i'll i'll go spend my money on something else it's it's cool (laughs) you know the warning for the watch community about how they approach and how they hype up certain models and how yeah and and the and you know and the the like the gatekeeping that that they're doing and i mean your experience with your rolex has been pretty positive it's 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 only one data point so it's tough to it's tough to sort of break that out and like you mentioned the date the date just is and should be their kind of bread yeah yeah and i did right and and like this is not yeah i'm not like oh it's just a regular one like i'm just saying yeah i didn't want to infer that but what i was yeah like it's it's not like a one of their like you know that you could turn around like a daytona yeah if you like you get the gold daytona and you could turn around and just make you know uh, $15,000 flipping it, you know, it, it wasn't anything like that. It it seemed though, again, one data point that they were like, Hey, we don't know when we're going to get them in. We'll put you on the list. We'll keep in touch. And you check back with them. And you know, they're like, Oh, we don't have any, this sort of thing. And it was, it was, it was fairly benign. It It didn't feel you know, your your description of it was like I got on the list, and then four months later I got the watch. Right? Uh, it it didn't feel like you know uh, this high pressure thing. What I what I think is interesting is that this is kind of pointing out is maybe we should we should start to recognize that that is maybe shouldn't be normal. It's it, what you you know going in and not being able to get it, and then having to be put on a list. And then having to, you know, put your name in and and calling them back and making sure that you know you're you're a, a valued a buyer. Whether you know, and and I've heard stories of other ads where they're like, you know, depending you're on that list depending on how much how much you bought from them. These sorts of these sorts of shady things. And so this is kind of pointing out that like maybe the days of this are numbered. Paul Thorpe talks about how even Rolex themselves are trying to combat certain things and that there might be this idea that you can only get three models a year as a buyer. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying within their power to limit the sort of the rogue ADs that are fueling right. kind of the gray market. And maybe that yeah. will help the consumer because it, obviously even Rolex themselves are realizing that you, they still need to get Rolexes in the hands of... Cause it right. used to be that such that aspirational brand, didn't it? And, yeah. and you lose that generational thing of, yep. oh, my dad got a Rolex when he retired or got a promotion at work or yeah, when yeah. somebody graduated college, they, they got a Rolex. And they don't want, ever want to, because that, that was a big part of their marketing for a right. long yeah. time. And, and, and it's word of mouth marketing. And it's just as I said, it, they understand that that there shouldn't be any friction between getting their product in the hands of their customer and as as soon as this you know as soon as this friction starts and whether it be something that they're doing or whether that's something i mean like this is you know this should be a basic basic future how we sell how we buy things i mean if there's you know and if there's any sort of friction there it's to the detriment of your brand. Bringing it full circle around to this ridiculousness of the Moonswatch not yeah. being available online. There, there is zero business, practical, customer service, 
reason that that watch should not now be available online yeah they can only produce a certain amount a year yeah it's a laughable now that a ceo of a major company like that would go in a in a counterclockwise direction right. and right. not make not make their most sought after product available right. through the largest number of sales channels yeah like possibly. like you chose you chose <laughs> you had you had try to satisfy your absolutely super hyped super excited customers or let them know that the status quo was good enough for for them yeah the suffering the, the, all of this 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 stress of trying to get one and the sales the the poor uh, this article also talks about the how sales though these 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 people that are working in watch stores now are just becoming trained to just put people on lists like the art of the sale is gone right in yeah in terms of yeah we we discussed this when we were talking about you know there was there was a lot of conjecture that maybe they were holding these back and every salesperson that we talked to was like uh no we just can't get them and if we had them to sell we would sell them and so yeah you feel bad for the salespeople. again maybe they're maybe they're uh less of a salesperson role and more of a more of a brand ambassador role where where maybe the the sale sort of moves off to one side um i i i again i find it funny that like for however in your face every single day you can press a button and in an hour get something from an online retailer like every single industry needs to realize that that is happening and if you cannot provide that level of instantaneous service uh someone else will well that's been a really fascinating turn into a, a turn into a bit of a moon swatch rant but i enjoyed it i felt i feel uh, yeah. like it was a cathartic um thing for us well guys we really appreciate you we appreciate you listening and we'll see you next time on casual watch talk thanks guys bye